Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. Welcome back. I'm Rudy Maxa, travel journalist extraordinaire and your genial radio show host. Nice to have you in the house this weekend. Well, for most of the last week, the news on the travel front was that Orbitz.com was looking for a buyer. Well, then on Friday, Expedia announced it had bought Travelocity for $280 million in cash. Expect Expedia to keep Travelocity's name as a standalone site because that name is very valuable. Expedia, by the way, also owns other sites, including Hotels.com and Hotwire. I'll have more travel news in the course of the hour. First, let me tell you what's on the menu. In a moment, an aviation journalist is going to tell you why you might want to avoid flying Boeing's new 787 if you're a flying coach. Here's a hint. It's all about space, and I'm not talking about outer space. Then a senior policy advisor with the U.S.-Cuba Trade and Economic Council joins to give us an authoritative look at what the renewing of ties with Cuba means to Americans who want to travel there. And there are spas, and then there are spas with treatments you probably never could imagine. Los Angeles Times contributor Peter, uh, excuse me, Perry Garfinkel subjected himself to some serious therapy and shares his fines at about 33 after the hour. And speaking of sharing, we all know we're in a new sharing economy. There's Uber, there's Airbnb. But how about sharing meals in locals' homes when traveling around the world? Well, yeah, there's a website for that. We're going to meet its founder later this hour. But first, let's consider that 787. Boeing's Pride, the new plane, the one with the mood lighting, the oversized windows, better humidity in the cabin, big overhead luggage bins. Well, that's all good, says my guest, John Walton, who's a contributing editor with Runway Girl Network. So they've got all those great things I just imagined, but then there's the fact you have to sit down while you're flying. John, welcome to the show. Hello, Rudy. How are you? Nice to have you. We reach you in New Zealand today, don't we? You absolutely do. I read an article John wrote this week on the website runwaygirlnetwork.com, and I wanted to talk to him about it. Okay, John, so the 787, I presume you have flown it, which I have not, so you're ahead of me if you have. Yes, indeed. It's, um, you know, look, the, the technology behind the aircraft is excellent. Um, all of those things that you mentioned about the higher cabin humidity, uh, the bigger windows, um, the fact that it's a brand new plane with mood lighting and bigger bins, those are all great until you actually have to sit down in an economy seat on it. Every airline apart from Japan Airlines has chosen nine abreast seating. And what that means is that for pretty much every passenger, you're going to be in a seat narrower than on a Boeing 737. And with the length of flight that these aircraft take, that's going to be uncomfortable for pretty much everyone. So nine across, what is it, three, three, and three? That's correct, yeah. Um, and, and each two, of those and seats two aisles, is, of course. Uh, yes, and two aisles. Um, and uh, each of those seats end up being just about 17 inches across, which uh, in terms of shirt sizes across the shoulders, uh, mm -hmm. Brooks Brothers has 17 inches as an extra small. Airlines have been putting newer seats in many aircrafts uh, with slimmer padding and so on that they say 
feels like there's more room. Apparently isn't the case here. Well, that might be the case in terms of legroom. Uh, and it might also be the case if airlines were uh, maintaining the previous distance between one seat and the next seat. But they're not. What they're doing is they're taking a little bit of that space that comes from having uh, thinner seat backs and thinner cushions uh, and moving that seat a little bit closer towards you. So while at knee level, you might actually have more room. At mm -hmm. eye level, the seat in front of you is going to be that little bit closer. And again, we're not talking necessarily about seat pitch, which is the distance forward. We're talking about width, which is the distance right. between you and the person next to you. This, of course, is in a time when people are getting larger, as we read from time to time, right? Right. I mean, who takes an extra small? Now, I gather, again, I have not flown the 787. I somehow keep missing them on flights. I gather from articles I've read about it that the interior, the ceilings seem to be higher. There, There's a psychological feeling you have more space. Do you acknowledge that? Do you, does that help at all? Yeah, you might feel like the there is more space between you and the overhead bin. Um, the bigger windows are certainly very nice, but it's difficult if you're sitting in one of those middle seats to feel like you have more space if there's a person on either side of you. Um, that 17-inch uh, seat width is very narrow. Have various travel blogs? Have people noticed this? Is this something that other people have talked about? I didn't. I hadn't thought about it until I read your piece uh, on. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it's it's something of a of, of a trend, particularly um, particularly on 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 wide body aircraft like the seven eight seven. The the Boeing triple seven is going in this direction as well. Uh, although there really are still some gems that you can find as a an, as, as an everyday traveler there. Um, but unfortunately, it's going to be one of those things where as as time progresses. The airlines are going to start, uh, continue to cram more people in into the seats because people uh, in the back of the plane economy want that. Right? We all want those lower fares. Um, Airfares air are, are something like 15% lower than they were 20 years ago. And the amount of space that you have hasn't shrunk by 15%. It's, it's really difficult to, to, to tell the airlines, no, no, everybody wants more space, when in fact it seems that we don't. Well, you remember, you may remember, I don't know if you were uh, watching travel, I don't know, maybe, gosh, could have been 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, when American Airlines took a couple of rows of seats out of coach because people kept saying, oh, it's so crowded, it's so crowded. So they took a couple of seats out, but they found after a couple of years that people basically make their determination for buying a ticket on the price. And it hadn't brought them any more business. Plus, they had, you know, two rows fewer than the competition, so they were making less money each flight. Absolutely. That was American's More Room Throughout Coach program. Exactly. Uh, that was great. I mean, I remember flying a, an old MD-80, which of course they're still flying, uh, between New York and Chicago, and it felt like being in first class. It was a yes. wonderful experience. But again, that plane has wider seats in coach than, uh, than you'll find on, on a 787 or indeed a, a 737. That was one of the great things about the MD-80 from a, from a passenger perspective is that the seats were significantly wider in coach. John, Airbus's new A350, any more width in the seats there? Well, Qatar, which is the launch airline, has taken it with, uh, with wider seats. The design of the plane means that it could be possible to put in extra narrow seats, but it's a little bit more unlikely than on the 787. John Walton writes for RunwayGirlNetwork.com. You can follow him on Twitter at that John. John, thanks for stopping by. Thanks.
Short news item about Uber, who is trying to, of course, placate cities around the world like Paris and London, where cab drivers and some authorities are very upset that they're running a car service in competition with local cab companies. The chief executive of Uber spoke in Munich this week at a digital life design conference and tried to make nice. He said he wanted to establish a new partnership with EU cities. He says that... uh, Uber hoped to take 400,000 cars off European roads this year by providing service at the same time while creating 50,000 jobs. He also acknowledged that France, Germany, and Spain, folks there, were trying to take legal action to close them down. Um, But he rolled off a series of advantages, saying that uh, they'll take more cars off the road, they'll provide new jobs, they'll reduce traffic congestion, et cetera, et cetera. Watch that space. Next, I want you to stretch out and make yourself comfortable. Close your eyes. Imagine you're undergoing some of the spa treatments that my next guest will describe right after this commercial break. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. I'm Rudy Maxa. Stay with me. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone's. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800 800- 488-9000. Robitussin Coughquence number 29. The not so silent night. <coughs> oh. Sorry, hon. <coughs> oh, you keep waking me up. I think that's <coughs> on. Oh, it's 3 a.m. <coughs> Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max Nighttime. It has a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast, powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night. Which is good news for you and the person one pillow over. Robitussin. Don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. If you're a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes, 500,000 of term life insurance is about a hundred bucks a month month. Everyone needs affordable term insurance regardless of health. Call Term Provider and speak with Big Lou. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, overweight, or have high blood pressure. For affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-480-4694. 800-480-4694. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to America's most syndicated, most widely syndicated radio travel show. And this hour of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by Tricom. Whether you travel or not, do you experience dread, dead to rise skin? Uh 
Between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. Tricom works to soothe those skin irritations. A recent, a recent clinical study showed Tricom's five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you have dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricom. Easy to travel with because it comes in two-ounce tubes, perfect for your carry-on. Find Tricom in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. Now, before the last commercial break, I promised you our guest who was going to talk about uh, some very unique spa treatments around the world. But uh, that's actually the next segment. We're going to get a little more serious here and talk about travel to Cuba. It's been in the news for the last couple of weeks since the White House, uh, the Obama administration, announced relaxation of relations with Cuba. John S. Uh, Kavalik is a senior policy advisor Advisor at the U.S. Cuba Trade and Economic Council. That's a nonprofit group of businesses. And he, of course, spends a good amount of his time thinking about U.S. and Cuba interaction. Uh, Mr. Kavalik, uh, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you, sir. Now, when we say a nonprofit group of businesses, are these businesses who hope someday to do business in Cuba or already are, perhaps? Some already are, and some hope to, and some simply want to know what their competitors are up to. And it's both U.S. <laughs> and non-U.S. companies. I presume you've been to Cuba a bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And but, um, have, have seen a lot of changes, but also have seen a lot stay the same. And uh, and on Friday, um, uh, it became much easier for Americans to travel there. Um, we simply, if we can fly in an airplane flight, as commercial air, air, air companies, I gather, airlines are scrambling to begin regularly scheduled service and all we'll have to do is book a seat and check off the reason we're going whether it's a sporting event a, a cultural event whatever but i think it's a self-policing uh process is that your understanding john it, it is self-policing however there there are some substantial codicils and no one should be going to orbits expedia or united.com to start booking tickets first of all in order to fly directly from the United States to Cuba on any current charter flights, whether they be from New York area or California or Florida, you have to have a little piece of paper that's called a Cuban visa. And that's issued by the Cuban intersection in Washington, D.C. through the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The only people that can get on those aircraft without that little piece of paper are people of Cuban descent, family visits, who also have a Cuban passport. So. No one, whether they're humanitarian, religious, uh, educational, can get on those flights, nor will they be able to get on those flights without that document. You can go through a third country, through Bahamas, through Mexico, through Canada. However, then you're going to be going generally on a tourist visa, and tourism is not one of the 12 categories that's permitted, and the customs, immigration, will be stepping up enforcement, so people should be cautious. Interesting. How does one get that little piece of paper from the Cuba interest section? How difficult is it? How long does it take to do? It generally depends on what you want to do. Journalists can take a while, uh, but as far as the educational trips, religious, humanitarian, etc., those are normally done through um, tour operators, so whether they be you know, well-known like an Abercrombie and Kent, or they could be a university um, or a religious organization. And so they will send a group request to the intersection and it works its way through there. It can take some time um, because the Cubans have a, it, it's basically a funnel problem. There's a lot of demand 
and there's not a lot of infrastructure within Cuba that can handle that demand. Are you saying that even since Friday, when the when the new rules went into effect, I st- I would still need that unless I'm a a Cuban uh, American or have family there, I still need that permission from the Cuban intersection. That's correct. The, the U.S. and Cuba have not, and will likely not, go to visa-free travel. The Cuban government doesn't want to open a floodgate that it may not be able to control. And what everyone needs to remember is that. The Cuban government is only going to permit what it believes it can control. And with tourism, uh, it's, you know, they like the revenue from tourism, but they don't necessarily like the people that come with providing that (laughs) revenue. (laughs) So just send your money and don't go. But, you know, I've got to tell you, I've been trying to keep up on this, obviously, because I host a travel show and a travel journalist. I don't know that I've seen this mention of having to get this piece of paper from the Cuban intersection anywhere. Is this generally known? Has it been news stories you've seen? It's we're trying to push it out there. Some of the journalists are getting it. But the challenge since December announcement and then through the uh, diplomatic discussions of this past uh, week, Mm -hmm. the challenge is that there aren't a lot of column inches. There isn't a lot of minutes in a program. And. These little details get in the way of the headline, um, but they're very important, and, and, and it is what we do around here, which is you know, make certain that people know what they can and can't do, then they can decide whether they want to do it. But there's a lot of demand, but people need to be patient, and you know, there will be opportunities to go, but if I can you know, take a moment to put sort of the, tour, the Cuban tourism marketplace into perspective, and that is... It has maybe 65 or so thousand rooms throughout the archipelago. Um, The Cuban government will say 65% of those are four and five star. There isn't a five star hotel in Cuba. There are some four stars, but maybe 15 of them. Mostly are one and two stars because Cuba during the last 20, 25 years has gone after what's called low demographic tourism. They're all inclusive, people that pay Mm -hmm. and what these folks want is sun, sand, caloric intake, and alcohol. They don't care about the brand name of the alcohol, don't care about the, um, whether the rice is broken or pristine. And that's about 80, 90% of the world marketplace. So they've gone after the cash cow. But mm-hmm. during high season, they're 80, 85% booked. So that leaves you with 15%. And those are mostly accommodations in beach areas and that where the US visitors can't go. So you've got a very small number of rooms that are going to simply be available. So it's going to take some time for Cuba's infrastructure to catch up. Um, there are those that are saying, well, maybe they can you know, use cruise ships and put those off. That's costly when they're not full. Um, so it, this is going to take some time. We're throwing a little cold water on your plans to go next week to visit Havana. My guest is John Kavalek. He is a senior policy advisor at the U.S. Cuba Trade and Economic Council. It's a nonprofit group of businesses with interests in uh, with doing business in Cuba or people who do do business in Cuba. Um, I, I did go to the Cuba interest uh, uh, sections uh, website, and as far as I can see, they really haven't updated it to make it easy for an average American to go for any of the permissible reasons. So, so, and, and I say that because in the last week I've had dinner with friends who are going, you know, we're thinking of going to Cuba in a couple of weeks. 
And I think that's not a realistic uh, expectation legally from what you say, unless you go to the Caymans, the Bahamas, to Canada, to Mexico and fly out of there as a tourist, which technically you're still not supposed to be doing as an American. Is that a, is that a precise reading of the situation today, John? That that absolutely is. Uh, you know, some of these groups have you know, sort of group visas, and and they they've been doing it for a while, and so the Cubans will will let them proceed. But you know, this this isn't the doors have swung open, and everything is okay. Uh, Mastercard announced that as of March one, they're going to unblock a Mastercard from U.S. Bank Mastercard to be used in Cuba, but still. FinCIMEX was a Cuban government operated company that handles all that. They have to get everything in line. Uh, it, you know, United and JetBlue have said they want to file flight plans, but they still isn't a civil aviation agreement between the two countries. And Cuba is quite likely to say, well, if United and JetBlue want to come to Havana, then Cubana Airlines using an A320 or A321 that they're using to the Bahamas, uh, we want to fly up to um, Houston. So right. This is, you know, the, the, the excitement needs to slow down and, and try to match, you know, the reality. Um, it, as, you know, folks that have been to Cuba know, um, they're beginning to be more and more restaurants. But just to give a simple example, if, if two Carnival Cruise Line vessels with 2,000 passengers each were to arrive right. at the port of Havana today, 4,000 people arriving at 10 a.m., uh, the Cuban port system is going to be strained. There aren't enough taxis and vans and buses to mobilize these people. And then there are three restaurants in Havana that John, every tourist general. Point made, John. We're cutting out. We're getting cut off here. But thank you for joining me. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. Rod Delano, attorney, Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800-488-9000. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about Relief Factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. lines are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com now back to rudy max's world 
It's 33 minutes after the hour. My friend Perry Garfinkel is a longtime New York Times contributor. He wrote a book, a best-selling book about Buddhism, so he's a perfect guy to go to spas. And he wrote a piece in the L.A. Times recently. We put a link to it on my Facebook fan page, by the way. It talked about several innovative treatments he's enjoyed here, and I believe one in Central America and Costa Rica. And we want to run through those with him. Perry, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Nice to hear your voice. So you set up the story saying you'd had a rough year and you're looking for a little R&R. And uh, you started with uh, something involving Tibetan bowls. Where was that? And can you explain that? Yes, I can. And, but let me just set it up a little bit, Rudy. Uh, SpaFinder.com said that the top one of the top 10 spa trends of the decade, mind you, is indigenous spa treatments. So for my R&R, as you call it, to go uh, indigenous was sort of my goal of this piece. Okay. Um, and Mary Bemis, who you knew also f- uh, from Insider's Guide to Spas, you know, identified this. So you say innovative, but it, these are age-old, in fact. And, they're, you know, the spas today are giving them a new spin. So uh, I did a Tibetan bowls massage at the Claremont Hotel Club and Spa in Berkeley, California, where I live. They put these bowls, uh, seven types of metals, on the seven chakras on your body, and they kind of knock them, as my grandmother used to say, and, <laughs> and uh, run your finger around the edge of the bowl like on a wine glass, and the, resonate, the resonating um, result sends kind of uh, binaural waves through your body that tend to turn out to... Uh, kind of um, create an alpha and delta states in your in your brain, which are the relaxation responses. Now you can understand why some listeners might be getting, oh, oh, come on, give me a break. Right, right. It's all kind of sounds a little new agey, but mm-hmm. you know, I defy your listeners to get on a table and and put these bowls on their on their uh, in the in the middle of their chest, down by their belly button, uh, a little higher up. And, you know, I play drums. You know I play drums, Rudy. And no, when I you're didn't. sitting at a drum set and you feel the, the vibrations of the cymbals and the, and the drums, this was, it was just like that, Rudy. I, okay, I this, is at the like... Claremont, this is in Berkeley, California, the Claremont Hotel Club and Spa. We're already halfway through the segment, so we've got to yeah, go, move a little go, fa- go. So now we're at the Four Seasons in Manhattan. Now, what kind of, uh, you know, what, what would you get there that's unique to Manhattan? What I what I did there was uh, the walking on the back massage, where ah, yeah. some, somebody uh, is holding on to a beam above you, and you know, put a young a woman, hopefully not too heavy, <laughs> use their feet and their elbows and whatever other of their body parts to dig into your uh, acupressure points. All right, uh, that and I, I get. It, I picked it in Manhattan because I felt like you get walked all over anyway in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Why not prep for it? You know. <laughs> Okay, bamboo shoots bringing down stress at the Four Seasons in Costa Rica. What do the ba- what do you, what do they do with the bamboo shoots? They take the shoots and they probably cut them down to about two and a half, three feet, and they knead them uh, uh, over your body just like your you know rolling pins. They feel like Ooh. rolling pins on oh. your your tense muscles. And uh, you you and I were there in Costa Rica together. It, it's just amazing. I mean, and the the bamboo itself has some. Residual benefits, they say, if you, bamboo is an amazing tree in my mind, but the feeling like somebody was kneading you like dough and then coming off of the table and, and, you know, you resisted like this can't be good for me, but it turns out to be very. I can see that. 
Yeah. I can see that. Unfortunately, I didn't get a massage when I was down there in Costa Rica. But all right, the Lake Austin Spa Resort in Austin, Texas. Yes, prick, one of my favorite. The Prickly Pear. The Prickly Pear. This was like a, an unknown find to me. The Lake Austin Spa is beautiful. Prickly Pear turns out to have medicinal values. And um, it's high in vitamin B, vitamin A, vitamin C. It, can, it contains an acid that I can hardly pronounce, pisidic a powerful antioxidant. Uh, and I also did an agave nectar wrap, which studies show have antibacterial properties. And finally, I did a scrub with local mesquite, which uh, has antimicro what is it called? Antimicrobial and anti, uh, antioxidant properties. And I just thought mesquite was, you know, good for uh, grilling and my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that that is great. Well, I, I and you you've done others elsewhere. I know these were the ones you had in the L.A. Times piece, but uh, well, the know. last one was oh, I wanted to mention was the Montage in Laguna, Montage Hotel in Laguna Beach, where ah, I outside did a, of L.A. Uh, yeah, right. it's a little south of L.A. Thalasso therapy massage, where we walked along the beach and basically inhaled. The, the bursting bubbles, because all those bubbles contain oxygen, and oxygenization is a, is a really classic traditional, uh, uh, has um, benefits for the body, mind, and soul. We are made up of, we're, you know, Wait a minute, the bursting of, bubbles of what? You mean the waves coming up on the shore? Every wave that, you know, breaks on the, breaks shore, on the shore releases all these bubbles, and as you're walking along the shore, if you inhale them, you're getting the benefit of extra oxygen to your system. Uh, you know, you stop and you do some yoga, you look out at the horizon. It ain't bad. <laughs> All right. Perry Garfinkel, his piece in the L.A. Times. We've got a link to it on my Facebook fan page. Visit his website at Perry Garfinkel. No C in Garfinkel, F-I-N-K-E-L. PerryGarfinkel.com. Perry, thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much, Rudy. Be back in just a moment here in Rudy Max's World. Don't go away. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open anytime, so call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Rod Delano, attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800 800- 488-9000. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute 
challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Robitussin DM Max is a fast, powerful cough medicine with a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and relieves even the toughest coughs that can come with a cold. Wet. (coughs) Dry. (coughs) And hacking. Don't let a cough control you. Control your cough with Robitussin DMX. Soothe your throat, relieve your cough, and don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. If you're a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes, 500,000 of term life insurance is about 100 bucks a month. Everyone needs affordable term insurance regardless of health. Call Term Provider and speak with Big Lou. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, overweight, or have high blood pressure. For affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-480-4694. 800-480-4694. Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800 387 8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. We talk often on the show about the inability of travelers sometimes to connect with locals when they're traveling. Um, Well, some people don't. Some people want to go on a vacation, check into a hotel, hang around the pool, read a book, go home and call it a day. Maybe they just go for the weather. But many travelers um, like to do something that involves locals, like to get to know locals, talk to them about what's going on here, what the issues of the day are, what challenges the city or destination faces. Uh, find out about secret places, their one ice cream shop, their one favorite restaurant. Um, there's a website called mealsharing.com, which certainly would take you a long way toward getting involved in the fabric of a community when you're traveling. Jay Savsani excuse me, is the founder of mealsharing.com. Jay, nice to have you here. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did really well. That was perfect. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, tell us a little about mealsharing.com, how this came to be, and what your website promises. Yeah, so mealsharing is a website that brings people together over home-cooked meals. So instead of eating out while you're traveling, you can eat in people's homes. And so at about this point, we have people in about 450 cities, uh, hosts in 450 cities. So some pretty exciting places where, you know, you can skip the tourist trap uh, and get, go straight to the, uh, you know, straight to the exciting parts while traveling, meeting locals, uh, you know, adding the adding the home-cooked uh, meal into the equation makes it way more authentic and exciting. Now, do the folks who are hosting you in their home, do some of them charge for the meals or all of them charge for the meals? Are they seeing this as a money-making enterprise? Yeah, so we, we leave it up to the host. Uh, okay. You know, there's, our hosts love cooking, so it can come from a different place. Some, some hosts... Uh, you know, make money off of it. Some hosts are just like, hey, I, I love cooking, you know, here to break even, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Does one know before one goes what the arrangement will be? 
Yeah, so they, they they can look on the website. You know, they can see the the dishes that they're making, pictures of their home, dishes that they've made, uh, price, time, uh, and in certain cases, other people, other travelers that are going as well. And how long in advance would one want to tap into mealsharing.com? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's usually recommended, you know, before you start traveling to set up your arrangements. But, you know, there's hosts that are, you know, ready to go that day. Uh, some, if they're doing something a little bit more involved, uh, might need a little bit more notice uh, before they can have you over. And and do do you how how do you sustain this? Do you all make some make a commission on this or? Yeah, so similar to websites like uh, Airbnb or you know Lyft, we take a service fee on right. each of the transactions. I see. And mm-hmm. uh, and are you do you have a large database for the United States as well? Yeah, we have a we have a lot of people uh, in the United States. And how do can people just explain the logistics here? I let's say I like to have people over for dinner um, in my home. What do information do I need to provide you? Oh, yeah, so go go onto the website as a host. You would add in uh, the day that you'd like. Say you're doing I don't know. Let's, you make the best eggplant parmesan. You you go on the website. You know, you describe that dish, uh, any beverages that you're providing, you'd put in the day and time. And what we call the chip-in, which is basically uh, what the cost is uh, for each person. So you'd set a price, you'd set a day, time, and then other guests can see uh, that, uh, you know, your particular meal. And then from there, they can join up, and then you can approve uh, or decline the guest. So you get to review uh, the other person or the people coming to the meal uh, before they join up. Interesting. Is there, a, is, there, is there a stipulation on each posting of how many people they can handle, like a couple or two couples or six people? Yes, yeah, so that, that, that's entirely up to the host. So some okay. some hosts are comfortable with three people. Some people are like, hey, I got, I got room for 15. Come on over. Very cool. How long has this uh, website been up? So we've been around for about two, two years. Okay. Well, it's nice to get to know about it now. This is a website called mealsharing.com, all one word, obviously, mealsharing.com, um, in which you can find locals who would uh, like to have you over for dinner. I presume the prices are, are, are bargains compared to restaurants in most cities. Yeah, it, prices are usually, you know, 8 to, eight to 15 bucks, so, you know, uh, cheaper or on par with restaurant prices. Jay Subsani is the founder of Mealsharing.com. Check it out. Jay, I appreciate your bringing us up to date on this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back in just a moment. Take you to the floor of the New York Times travel show to uh, meet somebody called the Traveling Professor with Bob and Mary Carey. Stick around. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. 
It is 52 past the hour. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us on Rudy Max's World. Robert and Mary Carey here, coming to you from the New York Times Travel Show, going on this weekend at the Javits Center in New York City. We thought we worked with the traveling professor and Rudy, but we encountered someone here who actually goes by the name the traveling professor. Joining us is Steve Solosky, Professor Emeritus at NASA Community College, one of the largest universities in New York. Steve, thank you for being here with us today. Tell us, um, he's owner and founder of The Traveling Professor. Tell us what that is and how you got started. Well, I was teaching mathematics for 31 years, and about 10 years ago, I started traveling to Paris quite regularly. And being an academic, I take notes on everything I do. and. Uh, people would start to ask me to present courses on traveling to professor, uh, uh, traveling to different parts of Europe. So I handed out my notes and I said, you know, you should write a book on this, which is what I did. And after I came out with the book, people liked it so, so much, they said, Steve, can we travel with you the next time you go to Paris? And that's how the business started. What a great story and a best-selling book, I might note. It sure yes. is. So let's talk about your guides. Um, there are an awful lot of travel tour companies out there. Uh, there's quite a few things that set you apart. One of the things that stood out for us was the quality of your guides. Well, I think what really enhances a tour experience that cannot be provided with a book, uh, uh, an app, or anything else is a live person who, who loves going to Paris or loves Italy showing you their Italy or their Paris. And that's the guides I've hired. Most of them are Americans, believe it or not, mm -hmm. who had the same experience as I do. They went over there in their 20s and they just soaked up the culture, history, architecture, and food of, of these different countries. And then they decided, what I want to do with the rest of my life is be a tour guide and share what I've learned about these different countries with other people. And they make terrific tour guides because not only do they know the culture of the places where they're guiding, but they know the cultures of the Americans which they're taking on these trips. Absolutely. And you're also a fan of showing people uh, not the obvious things in the cities, right? They're, you know, you've got your traditional tourist traps, but off the beaten path kind of places. Oh, and that's the best part of the trips. Okay. I mean, when we go to Florence, for instance, not many people know that there was a Last Supper painted way before the famous one in Milan. We show them that. When we go to Peru, most people only go to Machu Picchu in an afternoon. We spend three days there. We'll take you places in the jungle, they're safe, that you've never seen before. And that really makes a Peruvian experience wonderful. Steve, of all the places that you go, I'm looking here, I see Paris, Italy, Ireland, Peru, uh, Norway, Iceland. How many of the trips do you personally go on? I try to go on, all, I've been to all these places. I try to go all, to all of them. I only run about a dozen trips a year. Uh, and there's some people who, uh, just like me, who I've selected very, very carefully, who lead some of my trips. Uh, and the only thing I don't like about them is they're a little bit better than me in, in guiding <laughs> to those things. Are they the traveling professors then? Or do yes. I, okay, they are. They're all professors. Uh, as, how many people on average go on a trip? Uh, probably about 12. To Peru, we might go with 16. But we try to cap it at about 12 people per trip. It really gives us the opportunity to go to those places that the big tours can't go to. Okay. Favorite, favorite place that you've been to? Oh, I know. People ask me that question all the time. You know what? It's got to be Peru. I, I just love Peru. Uh, it, it's more European than Europe because they've been so much more isolated right. than some of these other places. Uh, I mean, I love them all, but Peru is my favorite. Okay, and we're, as you can probably hear, we're here at the New York Times Travel Show today. Um, and what brings you to the travel show? What do you well, come here for? 
I like to meet old friends. I have a lot of my travelers from the New York area. They come down and they see me. And I like to meet New York, uh, new friends too. And it's, it's just the, the, the best part of this business is meeting new people. Any other travel shows that you like to attend? Uh, we do the Philadelphia Inquirer Travel Show. That'll be next month in Philadelphia. And uh, since I live in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts, we also do the Tanglewood uh, uh, Food and Wine Show up there in August. Who do you find that comes to this show? And as the listeners that we have, if they haven't been to a travel show, why do you think they should attend? I think what you really need to do is to meet the people who are going to take you on these tours. For me, I want to go with a person, not a company. And I think uh, what people find about coming to these travel shows is they actually meet the people that are going to lead them on these tours. Steve Soloski, thank you very much again today. We appreciate that. Travelingprofessor.com is how they can find you? That's right. And on Facebook? Uh, it's Traveling Professor also. Thanks very much, Steve. We're here at the New York Times Travel Show, but check out if a city near you will soon be hosting a travel show of, of its own. And consider spending a few hours exploring opportunities for your own next travel adventure. Since we're coming to the end of today's show, we'll turn it back to Rudy for some final comments. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Mary. Uh, enjoy yourself at the show. Marriott uh, apparently hasn't sliced and diced the American lodging um, world quite finely enough. It has 17 brands. 17 different Marriott's, different styles. It's adding an 18th. It's called Moxie, M-O-X-Y. And it's uh, an attempt by the company to appeal to a younger generation of guests. Um, they've got one in Milan, and they're about to open eight in major U.S. cities. I like this. In, in order so you don't stub your toe going to the bathroom at night in a strange hotel room, they're going to often motion sensor lights under the bed that light up when activated. All right, now we're talking. I'm Rudy Massa. Thank you for joining me this weekend. Thank you to our listeners, to our stations, to my engineer, Jeff Ryder, to my executive producer, Janet Savino mcdonald Travel and live well this week. We'll see you again next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.